0: Hey there, my name is Fella Abioye, and this is How to Corporate, my digital show about how successful professionals navigate career moves and money matters. Today's topic, how to be a portfolio manager with my guest, Dustin Martin. So welcome back guys, appreciate you for joining us again another very special episode um if you've ever been interested in the uh, commercial banking realm this is the episode for you even if you're not interested trust me this episode for you anyway (laughs) you know because dustin brings a lot of very very unique experiences um to the table uh dustin is a vp and senior portfolio manager in the commercial lending space and he's also an advocate for career building and our professional networking so you know first and foremost dustin really appreciate you thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast
1: it's a privilege to be with you Phil. i really do appreciate the invitation it means a lot to me thank
0: you awesome awesome man thank you so much so you know man we're just gonna jump right into it um you know i guess if you don't mind just taking a second a little bit to tell the folks a little bit about your background you know and you know what is a portfolio manager right i mean i think um many folks may have an idea right if you work in this space but for the folks that you know that sounds like a really really cool unique title but what is it right maybe tell a little bit about your background there
1: well to answer your question and thank you for that very kind introduction a portfolio manager is a non-production role typically in a commercial bank most significantly sized commercial banks in terms of their asset size do you employ this sort of job role and when I say significantly size, I'm saying 500 million in asset footings or larger. Even though that's a relatively small commercial bank, um, most of the time banks do employ this And The lender, the commercial lending staff of a bank is the sales force. They go out and seek and hunt new business. We are we as the PM staff, the portfolio management staff, are embedded with, with those men and women, and we support them in underwriting and understanding and making credit risk proposals to both bank leadership and typically the staff credit risk administration. We are very much a client facing uh, group that's again embedded with the commercial lenders and the biggest thing that we do is that we own the risk both before and after a credit is originated and that is our main thing and that's that's what we do. It's a lot of uh, performance monitoring, it's a lot of follow-up, it's a lot of uh, a work that goes into preparing for a closing, and then once a transaction has been successful, it closes all the post-closing work that is significant and ongoing throughout the life of your credit. And without more any, any more details than that, I'll leave it at that.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, no, that 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 that's awesome, man. You know, that's 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 really cool. Um, like I said, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the work that I do, you know, in insurance. So. I mean, you started off from very humble beginnings in this world. I mean, I mean, literally as a as a teller is that was that your first start? Did you literally just work your way up from that from that realm? Like, how did you how did you get started in this world?
1: That is exactly how I started. I have, I'll give you kind of go back over the last twenty plus years to give you a quick progression of my professional life in. Mm-hmm. Um, Early part of 2002, I was from Galveston, Texas originally in 2005. And um, in the early part of 2002, I was just working some odd jobs. I had gotten out of high school, Galveston Ball in May of 2000. I was just kind of working some odd jobs. And a personnel placement agency based in Galveston at that time called me asking if I would have an interest in a teller job at one of the local banks, one locally owned and and managed. Galveston. Um, the, and my answer of course was absolutely yes. And then the reason why, even though I knew it didn't pay anything, which to be clear, it did not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the reason, one of the reasons that made it such a attr- so attractive to me is growing up. My mother owned a little shop in central Texas prior to us moving to Galveston in late 1997. Yeah. And it, it literally the back wall of her store Backed up to a bank branch, which was at that time called NCNB, North Carolina National Bank, which mm-hmm. is one of the predecessor organizations to what is now known as Bank of America. Of course, they acquired a lot of banks over the years, and that's one of the things that, that became what we all know as Bank mm-hmm. of I remember thinking to myself, going up, how much how cool it would be, or at least how seemingly cool it would be to work in a bank. So when I got that call, I jumped at it. Um, I started that job in August of 2002, and yes, my progression in this industry is extremely ground for. I started with just outside of the janitor. That's how it is the least paid job in the walls of the commercial bank. And I was in that job from August of the 22nd, March of 4 and how I was able to transition into the credit side of the house, where you have much greater earning potential, with the credit lending and portfolio is where it's at. Just... Just cutting right to the
2: gotcha.
1: Um Got you. The owner of the bank approached me very unexpectedly, made me nervous quite frankly because he was the chairman of the bank, and asked me if I would have an interest in an opening. He and the senior officer had administration at that time. Um, and I was like, well, I'm doing some research on it. i familiarize myself with the job, what it is, what it's not. And I did that, slept on it. Knocked on Mister Moody's office the next afternoon, and accepted. Started a couple of weeks later, and that's really where I began the progression of typically better jobs, kind of one right after another over the last
2: eighteen years.
0: Awesome, awesome. Now, well, no, i mean, that's 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 really awesome because I mean I feel like in today's world, you know, you don't always get to see folks who. One not only started from the kind of quote unquote ground level, but literally stuck it out to you know progress your way all the way through, man. So that's 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 really really awesome. So it's you know. it's
1: one of the things for me coming mm-hmm. from very humble origins. I, I come from a middle class um, family, yeah, listen, we, it's not like I came from 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 nothing. I don't want to sit here and try to articulate that because that's yeah. certainly not the case. My parents are, and they're retired now, but they're two, they were two exceptionally hardworking people. My brother and I never went without that. But,
2: you know, my, um, one of the things that's most gratifying to me is, is what you said, knowing that
1: I started at the absolute bottom. I think I'd like to think that I still have, you know, room to progress and to grow professionally. I certainly have aspirations to do so. that's that type, those types of opportunities and jobs are very hard to me. and so you know every day i I come in and work and put my heart out on so to speak and hopefully the people that I work for you know take notice and those kinds of opportunities
0: awesome so 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 st- sticking with the career path, right? you know sticking in that realm, um how has maybe building relationships played a factor for you, you know to your success or you know, has it, or maybe in this industry, is it more about the education or about the experience or, you know, as has relationships kind of really helped propel you in any way um, throughout your career?
1: It has been the absolute, and I emphasize, Fiona, my friend, the absolute cornerstone of everything that I've had the privilege of experiencing in my working life. Education is wonderful, university experience, at least in my. Excuse me, industry experience is even better than that. And I'm just being frank. I'm not saying university education is not great. It is. Mm-hmm. But in my industry, I of the belief that experience is far more valuable. However, what stands above everything are relationships. People hiring managers specifically are far more likely to consider and hire people who they know, trust, and respect. That does not, not sit here trying to come up with this implication that they're not entertaining other candidates. They absolutely do. Just like we as employees entertain other employers. That, that's we do the same thing. Yep. I'm simply saying networking and for me and unlaboring at times maniacal commitment to networking, both online and offline, and the strategic integration of the two has been the single biggest factor in the progress in my industry progression that
0: that oh, that's that's that that's awesome, man. I'm I'm really glad to hear you say that because you know I've done a few of these interviews now, and and I felt like that's been just really the reoccurring theme is relationship building, and it and it's it's good to hear that it really does translate, you know, amongst pretty much any industry and how much that plays a factor. Because I mean, I mean, you think about it, right? If you are trying to go out for a role or apply for a job or whatever the case may be and you're just the name on an application, you know, a name and a stack of, you know, a hundred other resumes versus you having the ear of the hiring manager, the ear of whoever's making those decisions. Right. Your name is going to propel to the top, <laughs> you know. May I, share,
1: yeah. may I share a quick story with you? Yeah, no, this? please. Yeah. In, I worked for the Bank of Houston as the very first credit administration in the whole 2006. Mm -hmm. late August of 2000 and that particular bank of Houston has been sold. And there's been another one open, but I I was there for a number of years where I was situated at the back (coughs) of their headquarters at 750 50 Houston. I was in one of four cubicles. That literally if you look now over the top of it, it looked like a plus sign. There were four people, me, Mm -hmm. HR, and two accounting assistants, occupying the desk, the way my computer was situated, there was a window in the partition between me and the lady who managed all the HR functions for the bank. Hmm. This is a memory that I will literally have until I am no longer in this world. She had a stack, probably three quarters of an inch thick, of blind resume submissions that had been submitted into the bank's website with no strategy, no intention. The hiring manager—they didn't know who they were even submitting it to. They were all blind mm-hmm. submissions. That stack was literally three quarters of an inch thick. To this day, she doesn't know that I know that. Mm-hmm. However, I will tell you, none of those people— some, a lot of them—probably very qualified and very capable for whatever openings there might have been at that time. Mm-hmm. None of them had a single chance of reaching mm-hmm. the hiring manager because it lacked a strategy to identify the individual. Who makes the hiring decision? Who never he or she is, ladies and gentlemen. If you're seeking a job, seeking an opportunity, let's face it, we all are, whether employed or not. If it involves working for somebody else, being hired by and managed by other people, focus on firing, on hiring, and finding. Excuse me, that hiring manager first. And this is why your network is literally the most important thing. It is the roadmap between you and him or her, if him or her isn't already known to you. I could go literally all day long on this, but I, that short story that I shared with you hopefully is enough for you to think about the strategy here and not just blindly submit it to a website because here is reality. If you do that, it's very likely that the hiring manager has no idea if you are expressing an interest in a role on of his or her
0: staff. Mm. Man, that's that that's powerful. I, I think that's really really powerful because you know people sometimes get frustrated, especially when they're on the hunt and they're looking for roles and they're applying left and right. So I apply and submitted a hundred applications and I don't get a call back. Like what's going on? It's like they never it's, saw the application. <laughs> exactly. They never saw it
1: to begin with. They, they never, never saw it to they, begin they, with. They never even knew. Mm. Wow. it's so blindly submitting mm-hmm. is literally doing nothing. Mm-hmm. The greatest opportunities, the ones that pay the best and the ones that offer the most amount of potential for progress professionally, everyone here mm-hmm. who watches this video, please hear me clearly. I teach on this, both to industry professionals and university students is about becoming a known talent to hiring managers in the hidden market, which believe you me is completely real. Okay? They intentionally, intentionally conceal these opportunities from public awareness. Mm. A lot of you may see this and say, why? The, because they don't want to be flooded, inundated with mm. people with hundreds, if not thousands of applications from people they have they have no idea about.
2: Yeah. It's
1: just strategy and uh, mm. honing in on that person
0: that will elevate you head shoulders about all the other people who going like things. Nah, man, that's, uh, you, man, you, you dropped a ton of gems right there, honestly. Like, it's, uh, that's powerful. I mean, listen, if you, if you didn't believe it, look, you heard, you know, you heard Dustin's story. Um, I've got a similar story in some ways, but I won't, for the sake of time, I won't get into it either, man. But um, that's, yeah, building relationships is key. And look, even if you're not, you know um you're working for somebody else even if you're an entrepreneur i mean the power of relationships right you want to be able to build your customer base you want to be able to build your brand you want to be able to expand right to be able to you know secure corporate contracts or whatever the case may be relationship building <laughs> it it, it goes both ways whether you're in- my, sorry, one yeah. thing i would no 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 and one thing i would add
1: here again my passions really come to the surface because Again, I teach about this. It's something that I really, really feel strongly about. Mm-hmm. Some people ask me, when is the best time to search for a job? If the job, if you are looking for a job that involves working for being hired by and working for somebody else. Mm. I get that question on a regular basis. And I, my firm response has always been the same. The day you start your new mm. And I get a lot of gas. I get jaws go down their eyes open up i said ladies and gentlemen the overwhelming majority of occupations in this country okay don't involve an employment contract some do professional athletes they are contractors for their employers there are specified legal conditions that bind both the organization Mm -hmm. and the provider of services to specified things Mm-hmm. The overwhelming majority of us have never even seen an employment contract. I certainly haven't. What this means, and it's completely intentional, is that the leadership of your employer wants to retain the flexibility to hire and fire at will. They are they are legally protected by the employment laws of both the state and of this country in doing so. And conversely, we are too. We can tender our resignation whenever we want. Yep. Both sides want that flexibility. And if you're in that situation where you're working in the absence of an employment contract, the reality is that that job that you may currently have it has a beginning and it will have an end. Mm-hmm. It may be two years, it may be two weeks, it may be nineteen years, it may be a couple of hours. Nobody knows. However, one of the reasons why I'm such an advocate for networking and what having is because of that quick risk.
0: For for, for a long time, I think, you know, we were almost most people are fed this idea right that you know that the power only remains with the employer on deciding where you you know want to be in your career but no you have the power as well they have a decision you have a decision like you said i don't care where you work there's a beginning there's an end Right. and so now whether that's up to you or whether it's up to them right but you have you play a big part of that right you can decide whether you want to leave here or stay here where you want to go, right? And so, and never closing we, the door for we opportunities. Have, yeah. Where you know we,
1: we are, at the end of the day, service mm-hmm. providers right. to our employee organizations.
0: Yeah, where we choose
1: to deliver our services is up to us.
0: Yeah, it's your choice.
1: It's just, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's legitimately one of the things you hear, like in exit interviews, or when, say, for instance, your manager or the leadership of your organization calls you into some conference room and say, Hey, we're sorry, but today's the last day based on whatever reasons. One of the things that they like to say, and yes, it's true. It's just business. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's mm-hmm. business for them. And it's business for us.
2: Yeah.
1: It's not a lot of times. It's not personal. It feels personal because mm-hmm. you're invested in the job and mm-hmm. maybe you feel like you've got a good, if not spectacular job for them. And you've, you've literally earned your keep and you've, you've been a great part of the organization. However, it does not exist to provide jobs. It exists to maximize earnings ownership. Mm-hmm. And if they have to cut talent, if they have to reduce hit count in order to achieve those objectives, no matter how well you're performing, you better believe that's exactly what they're gonna
0: do. Uh, and, and if you don't believe it, look at the impacts of COVID. <laughs> that,
1: <laughs> that, that, I, it's interesting you bring that up. It's interesting Phil, okay. that you say that because our friend, Rochelle Parks, who was one of your instructors at the university, one of her, one of the great posts I've ever seen from her. There's a lot of them. Was in 2020, mm-hmm. and that this whole pandemic thing exposed societal lies in an employment context. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about. This business of organizations are loyalty or are loyal to their staff. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't pay attention to anything else that I say, if nothing resonates and stays with you past this moment, please hear me clearly your loyalty belongs to your family it yeah. does not belong to your employer because your employer's fundamental loyalty is to shareholders which is exactly where it should be it does again it yeah. doesn't exist to provide jobs it exists to maximize the value of the stock
0: hmm. no no i mean it's you know it's 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 real it's honest it's very pragmatic you know and that's how you have to think about things right Is it doesn't mean that you don't have to have emotions behind it right i mean there's a personal we're topic, all human. you know yeah we're all human beings right but um you know like you said don't 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 get it twisted don't think that at the end of the day that um because i think sometimes people get caught up like oh man i've been here for you know 10 15 20 years right i feel so invested right in this particular organization i could never leave well guess what they may be leaving you <laughs> that and it happens
1: all the time it, it, it happens does. all the time it does. The, job, the job that I was in before my one, I was in that job from March of 2017 to January of 19 and November of 2018 mm-hmm. and I, I can't give specifics because it's 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 sensitive information however yep. six people mm. in the dead middle of the holiday season from all different places in the organization completely different functional areas we were given the pink slip and I am here to tell you, I knew all six of them and none of them had a clue what was coming. And quite frankly, it was hard for me to watch it. Mm. I wasn't among them. And I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be honest, I was thankful that I wasn't. I could again, but I wasn't among that group of six people. But if that is not yet another example of leadership, making that kind of a decision to performing staff in the middle of the holiday season, I don't know what it is.
2: Mm. Yeah. No. You
1: would you would think that they wouldn't do that, especially when people need their income at the, that's the time of year. Everybody you need it throughout the whole year, but you mm. sure as hell need it <laughs> buy your Christmas gifts
2: <laughs> for sure. You know, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I was I was blown away. To this day, I'm like I'm like yeah. I, I'm gonna manage my professional life as if I were in business because pretty much that's what I am.
0: Look, I, and I made a I made a post, you know, um, recently. You can go back and and search for it, but. It was uh, you're the CEO of your career, like 100 percent. You're the CEO of a career. You decide where you go, where you offer your services, you know, uh, and where you take your talents. You decide no one else, you know, makes that decision. Only you do. So whatever circumstance you are in, it's because you've decided to be in that circumstance. So
1: absolutely. And as, as I'm reminded of two things here, first one is a quote. Mm. Your current results,
2: mm.
1: what you have the privilege of experiencing now, whether it's the home you live in, your income, your, your lifestyle, everything that you are in this moment is an indicator of past hustle. Mm. If you don't like your results, it's mm. time to change the hustle. Secondly, mm. what I would add, in, in the context of, of jobs and doing well and progressing and pursuing that American dream that we all want. It's another Rochelle Parks, Beyonce lesson that I learned from her it was in October of 2018, she presented to a
2: networking group that I'm heavily involved with. She, she posed the question, does, is your manager, your manager's manager,
1: or your employing organization, are they the ones that provide job security? And a lot of people shook their heads. Absolutely, they're 100%. Hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, not even remotely close there are four specific elements where your job security resides S K A N skills mm. knowledge abilities and networks mm. these things both individually and collectively are what provides stability to our income it has nothing to do with our network
0: mm. yeah, that's that that's a gem man that's that's Ooh, man, I hope, I hope you guys are writing down this stuff faster than I can uh, absorb it, man. But no, nah, man, I, I appreciate that. So so, so, staying in the, the career lane, right, the career path, um, we all know office politics, right, is a part of just the working world. I don't care if you're an employee or if you're an employer, right, office politics. And to me, I define office politics as just the human element of working with others, right? Absolutely, that's just, absolutely. That's just what it is, the human element of working with others, right? So it's, you think in, about it's, it. it's inherent to it. It's inherent, right? So in your career, and as you've been able to have success and have you know uh, advancement, how has office politics played a role in your advancement or lack thereof? This is
1: an amazing question. It is, it, I love it. For a whole host of reasons because not only are you looking at it from the perspective of how this has it contributed to what i've been able to experience but also you're looking at it from the perspective of how it has detracted from what i have had not had the privilege of experiencing. ladies and gentlemen this is real if you have an organization you have people that work there the talent that resides there the human dynamic is at play all the time okay You may, we may, we want to believe that it's perfectly normal and it's perfectly human that what we experience, our progression or lack thereof, should be based on our performance. It should be based on what we bring to the table. Folks, that's one part of it, but it's not even remotely close to the only thing. The human element is always at play. Mm. Hear me clearly. There is no organization on the face of this planet that is a meritocracy. They do not exist, okay? Promotions aren't always distributed by leadership equitably, purely based on the perform- what our view of our performance is. This happens. Sometimes it's helped me. Sometimes I've received promotions, significant increases in pay or bonus or vacation, whatever it is. Other times, it's been the reason I didn't. And quite frankly, that was very painful. and it, mm. it hurt me. However, what I would tell you if you've experienced that is to not allow it to define you mm. because it doesn't. It means something else is going on, whether whether you describe that as your faith, if, it's, if you believe it's the Lord guiding it, which is what I, that's my personal belief. Now, mm. I know it's not shared by everybody, but I'm, I'm a man of faith. I try to be. Yep. If you think it's, some hidden hand that stepped in there and said, "Hey, you know what? This isn't the right time for him or her. Maybe there'll be something else down the line." The key is to not let it define you,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: that's
1: just my, that's my strongest recommendation.
0: Man, that's man. I, I I love that. I think man, you hit it. You, you hit so many different elements of it, but not letting situations that may or may not be in your control define you. Right? Not letting one decision, one one role that you didn't get, or one project you didn't get, or one raise or bonus, or whatever it is, that one situation that you didn't get, not letting that define you. Because, you know, as, as literally as you were talking through it, I'm thinking about, you know, my own career and my own situations that I've been in where I got the door closed, you know, or slammed, um, thinking that I was trying to go after an opportunity or I was trying to go after a role. And, you know, there was a factor that I was in there. And I found out you know from the quote unquote grapevine right that there were some under you know tones and some other conversations that were happening that stopped me from getting there but then i think about how that led me to a whole other you know uh career path and how if not for that situation that i was kind of pissed off about and i was upset that man you know politics really played a factor here but man look how this Really kind of worked out for me because I didn't let that stop me. I continued on. I continued pushing. You know, I didn't let anyone else decide that I continue to remain the CEO of my career. And I'm just using that hopefully as an example for anyone else out there listening to feel like, look, don't be defeated by circumstance, right? By one situation, by one opportunity. There will be future opportunities. And again, 100%, 1000% agree with you that I don't care where you work. I don't care what you do. Office politics exists as long as you work with human beings, <laughs> unless you're working with a bunch of AI and computers and that's it. You don't talk to people at all. Listen, office politics exists. It's just the human element of work. That's it. It's always going to exist, always going to be there. So you got to learn to still deal with it, still to learn, navigate it, still figure out ways to just, you know, move past it in some situations.
1: What I I would share with folks, and Mm -hmm. I, I think current bankers would attest to this, I certainly will because that's been my belief and it's been my experience on so many different occasions over the last 19 years. This industry, commercial banking, is highly unique in that you as a lender, you as a relationship manager, you as a portfolio manager, all the people that have direct customer interaction. What's so exceptionally unique about this industry is that you can enable people's dreams to become their reality. okay? Let me explain what I mean by that. If you, as an organization, choose to make a loan or loans or enter into a relationship with a business and its owners, okay? They have hopes, they have aspirations, they have dreams, they have things that they want you as their lender and as their bank to help them accomplish because you have access to dollars and by entering into that you know well managed well thought out well structured relationship you are literally helping them achieve what was only once an idea at some point in the past and this is this industry
2: is very unique in that respect
0: awesome awesome no i mean I, I think that's that's very well said i don't think we think about you know banking from that aspect but um, it's here. You know, Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, but if you're a business owner, of course, like you get it right. So no, that's, you know, that that's really awesome. So, you know, um, you know, you've been doing this for a while, right? I mean, I'd imagine there have been ups, there have been downs, right? It's not always been, you know, gravy and uh, sunshine and and roses. So, um, yeah. So as you think about maybe some of those rough periods, you know, that you had, you know, in your career could you maybe talk a little bit about and it could be a particular situation but i think it's important for people to hear not always just the great things right but even sometimes the rough situations or the rough periods the rough patches that we go through and how you're able to kind of work through it so i'm just hoping you can maybe you know think back a little bit on a situation that was maybe rough for you and how you were able to work through that
1: yes one specifically and i, I out of respect for everyone involved, I won't name names or, or organizations, but I was terminated from a
2: job in early 2017. Um, I, all the signs, literally,
1: all of them were present as I was going through the interview and the process of interviewing, the process of obtaining my offer
2: letter. Everything was there. And I shouldn't have accepted the job. I, knew, I literally knew the day that, that they emailed
1: me their offer and their internal recruiter called me and she and I discussed it, that I shouldn't have accepted. However, I did it anyway because the salary was so significant.
2: Yes, it was the money that made me say yes. I mean,
1: I was there for a little over a year. It was, it was in no way a fit in any way, shape, form, or fashion wasn't a fit with the manager that I was assigned to. It was not a cultural fit with the organization or a senior leadership. It was a, looking back at something that I shouldn't have done. However, what I would tell you and the, the value of that lesson, the value of that experience overall, I'm not sure that I can quantify. Salary and earning potential and bonuses and benefits and, and your standing in the industry are all important. I'm not going to sit here and sit there and try to suggest that they're not because they are. However, if you have signs that are literally straight in front of your face, where well, your instincts are not just talking to you, they're screaming at you, mm-hmm. don't do this. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, I implore you to listen. Your instincts will rarely guide you. Home. If you, it's like, Think about it like this. If you meet someone in person, and you've never seen him or her before. Him or her in person before, however, mm-hmm. you've got a really bad vibe, that is, we've all experienced that. And you you want nothing to do with him or her ever again. This same thinking and that same gut instinct applies in the business world, specifically your
2: relationship with him.
0: So, and you talked a little bit about, right, kind of working with other folks around just, career coaching and things of that nature. So I wanted to kind of ask you, so what do you think maybe the most frequent mistake you see early career or mid-career, you know, professionals that are trying to advance maybe in this particular industry, in your industry? What do you what kind of mistakes do you typically see people kind of make?
1: It's two very specific things. Okay. Not not fully developing and constantly cultivating your LinkedIn profile regardless of their employment status and equally as important and directly connected to the second part, networking at all times, regardless of whether you are happy as a lot or completely disappointed in the the results of your professional life.
2: Mm.
1: Period. Mm. These are the two things I see constantly when somebody loses their job unexpectedly, then they start, They literally are running, if not sprinting, trying to cultivate a a meaningful LinkedIn profile and the relationship it has to Google searches. It it is not something that can be done in a matter of a few hours or a few days. It literally takes years. I've had mine since November of 2008, and I can tell you, I don't know that there's been more than a few days that have gone by and all of the years since where I've not done something with it, whether it's a simple share. It's a simple adjustment. It's a simple tweak. It's it, it, something like that to make it hopefully more compelling for folks like you. when you visited my profile earlier this morning. And in the same context, say, for instance, someone needs a job, lost their job unexpectedly. Social capital, the notion of social capital and how it accrues amongst networks of people does not happen in a matter of a few hours or a few days. It literally takes weeks, months, and years. Think of it like this. If I have a bank account, which most of us do, I cannot withdraw from that account until I've made deposits into it. I was actually doing a presentation for um, uh, the the lady who works with Rochelle at the university. You just recently
0: interviewed her. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah, Dr. um, Cooley.
1: Oh yes, Delania, Delania, mm-hmm. and I, I was presenting for her at a marketing conference at the university. I'm going to tell you a quick story, you one, I think it'll be, be especially meaningful. Mm-hmm. As I was walking into the business school, there, there was a gentleman standing the, in the front door of this audience of this excuse me of this auditorium that I was about to walk into. He was plug in my power. You know, go. I just started making small talk with him. I said, "Hi, my name is Dustin." He told me his name. I, before that moment in time. and i did not know each other existed period we had no idea we we stepped out of the void and our worlds collided and it was a very pleasant experience i used that as part of my presentation in terms of teaching people about the importance of networking and constantly building their social capital about three-quarters of the way i threw up pointed out and he was to my right i said sir you know i met the along before we worked in here today and i would say it, it was a very pleasant interaction, and I enjoyed meeting you, which I did. He's a, very, he's a very nice gentleman. He said, yeah, absolutely, it was nice to meet you, and I hope you're able to stay in touch. Mm-hmm. Whatnot. And I said, yes, that's you know what, sir, can I borrow the keys to your car? The answer was absolutely no. That was absolutely the correct answer. The lesson here, and I got laughs just like what you're doing right now from, I don't know, 200 people in there. I said, folks, after I meet somebody, hmm. Then the time after that is not when you ask for something. Mm -hmm. You have not yet earned the right Mm -hmm. to ask for something yet. It takes time to build those relationships, to develop that foundation of trust and to develop the social capital necessary. Make the deposits into the account, so to speak, Mm -hmm. before I can ask for something. I literally cannot emphasize enough how important this is.
0: Man, I, I, I love that. I love that example. And I love uh the analogy of making deposits before you make a withdrawal. I love that, man. So it's the truth. It's the <laughs> truth. Yeah. No, it's, it's, 100% it's,
1: it's so, so social capital is a cornerstone of the mm. sociology world. Truly. Mm. Really, if you, if you like sociology, if it's something yeah. that you like, it's something I happen to love. Yeah. But if, if you have some time on the hands, do some little searching, sociology and social capital. Then you'll actually see pictures of what i'm talking about and it will mm. become very visual very visual. If,
0: if you if you if you want to yeah no I, I love that again great example uh something i'm again agreed completely passionate about you know um <laughs> yeah that's i love it so i got nothing more to say on that man just great that's awesome awesome man putting down a ton of gems so okay so resources, material. I mean, there's a lot of information out there, right. And hopefully people are able to absorb this and and get something out of it. But, you know, um, you've been doing this for a while. Is there any recommendation, you know, or recommendations for books or resources or anything out there that you would give for someone trying to, you know, better themselves successful, be more successful in their career, you know, in your industry or just in general?
1: As far as the books that I would recommend, anything in the context of career management okay? okay career management and or networking have been exceptionally beneficial for me gotcha. okay and there's a whole there's more than i could actually talk about there's a lot of titles that's very easy to find through amazon or google search mm-hmm. But stuff regarding to actively managing your career how to cultivate meaningfully excuse me mutually beneficial and meaningful relationships mm-hmm. and understanding that it's all strategic but not manipulative mm. this is one of the things i try to drive home as much as i can people hear me say strategy and then for whatever reason the word manipulate comes to the surface i'm not talking about that that's almost a swear word in a, in, in business it really is it, it's, it's hard to say it because it's such a slimy sounding word i'm talking about business strategy every organization has one we as providers of our services as the chief executive officers of our own professional lives can and should have them also
0: you know like the example that you gave out earlier right you didn't have a conversation with the guy in the hallway you know with the intention of i'm gonna ask this guy to borrow his car later (laughs) right so no (laughs) and everybody laughed the whole there
1: was at least 200 people in the room that they feel and they all laughed including the and that was the intent and that, and that's how ridiculous it is. Sometimes mm-hmm. when people first meet you, and then they either want to sell you something mm-hmm. or they want to borrow something, 100%. they haven't yet earned that privilege. They 100%. can earn it, but they certainly don't have it yet.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, all, all you folks out there trying to sell, trying to produce, man, I hope I hope you're taking this stuff in. So, you know, but uh, awesome, awesome, man, Dustin. You know, uh, really appreciate this. I really enjoyed this, man. You know, for the sake of time, we'll go ahead and bring this to a close, but I really, really appreciate all the gems that you dropped today. So for anybody out there trying to maybe get a hold of you or want to maybe reach out and ask you more additional questions you want to share a little bit about yourself or, you know, your contact information for the folks that are listening or watching.
1: Please, by all means, I welcome the opportunity to start a dialogue with you. Find my LinkedIn profile, it's very simple it's very intentional and built as i alluded to earlier i'm absolutely happy to network with you and share any information with you that would be meaningful just find me on LinkedIn
0: Music. awesome awesome so all right guys you know hey this is good yeah. one y'all really appreciate it man hey thanks for tuning in for more content please click the subscribe button and follow us on all social media platforms at how to corporate until next time keep building